Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast. This is episode number six, Ask Amber Anything. We're doing hot seat coaching. And this week, the questions were so good, I had to break it up into a two-part series. So this is part two of two. And today we are covering getting ghosted in 2020. What happens when your fiance likes an Instagram model's booty pics? And what's the difference between standards and boundaries? How to not feel overwhelmed in the wellness movement of 2020? And so much more. We're getting right to it in three, two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings, inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout podcast. This is part two of Ask Amber Anything, where we do hot seat coaching together. And I had to do this episode this week because these questions were so good and so relatable. I couldn't let them sit for another week. So we're getting right into it. Amber, can you talk about getting ghosted in 2020? I find myself getting ghosted frequently, especially guys that I match with on dating apps. Did I do something wrong? That's a really good question. It's such a good question because I think that it's so relatable. I know just in my friend group, and my friend group, my family group, me personally, I've been ghosted. Ghosting is such a common occurrence, unfortunately. And the reason why it relates to burnout, because maybe some of you are thinking, what the heck does this have to do with burnout? Whenever we ruminate about something, whenever we're worried about something, we're obsessing about something, it takes time and energy away from us and focus. So ultimately, it could lead to you feeling exhausted, fatigued, disconnected, and ultimately unhappy, unwell, you name it. So it's important to talk about. So first and foremost, thank you for writing in about this oh-so-relatable thing. And for those of you who don't know, what getting ghosted is, is when you're in a relationship And I use the word relationship loosely because it could happen in a romantic relationship. It could happen in a friendship. It could happen in the workplace. It could happen anywhere. So in any sort of interaction between human being and human being, this could happen. And it's when one person pulls a disappearing act. So it might look like going on a date with someone, thinking that the date went wonderful, both telling each other that you had a wonderful time and then you find out that the person blocked you on social media, removed you from the dating app, blocked your number, and you never hear from them again. That's a, um, I'd like to say that's an extreme situation, but I don't think that that's that extreme. I think that that happens very commonly, especially in 2020. I think on dating apps, it could get really interesting in the sense where Sometimes dating apps could become a way of fostering connection. We're so hungry for connection. It's human nature. We want to be connected to other people. And now we have these cell phones where 
<laughs> I say like these cell phones, like I haven't grown up with cell phones. <laughs> cell phones have been along so long. I've <laughs> getting ghosted in 2020. Did I do something wrong? Talk about relatable. And it's so relatable because I think it happens to the best of us. And we need to talk about it because ghosting, it messes with your self-esteem and it also leaves you with a lot of unanswered questions and it could lead to you feeling exhausted, burnt out, unsure of yourself. It could foster distrust with yourself, leaving you feeling sad, disconnected, you name it, all the things. So it is important to discuss. And for those of you who don't know, what getting ghosted means is when one human being interacts with another human being and one person decides to pull a disappearing act. And I use the word, it's like an interaction between two humans because it doesn't matter what the type of relationship is. It doesn't matter if that person is, quote, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your best friend or Susie Q from down the street. It doesn't matter who it is. What matters is you had an interaction with someone and then suddenly they ghosted. They died. You can't get a hold of them. They went radio silent. You think that maybe you should check the obituary section because something seriously bad must have happened. You're left questioning your sanity. It is terrible. If you're listening to this, if anyone has been ghosted, it happens to the best of us. Hi, I've been ghosted more times than once. I can't even count how many times I've been ghosted. And you know what? It's terrible. So one, I feel for you. I'm so sorry this is happening. And it doesn't matter if it happened once, if it happened twice. It doesn't matter how many times. It's hurtful, period. So I'm so sorry this is happening. And I'm going to cut to the chase. Did I do something wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. First, let's talk a little bit about why people ghost. Now, I have no idea what your situation is here. I don't know if you went on a date with this person Maybe you went on a nice socially distanced picnic with this person. You had a wonderful time. You both tell each other at the end of the date, things were great. And then you're, you go home, you're smiling, you go to bed feeling so wonderful. And you never hear from the person again. And just to really get clear on how serious ghosting is, not only do you not hear from the person again, but... They straight up disappeared from everywhere. They removed you from the dating app. They blocked your number. They blocked you on social media. For all purposes, you might be questioning if this person truly did die or did something bad happen because the change is so abrupt and and such a halt that the only way you could wrap your head around it sometimes is thinking like, Should I Google their name and make sure that there is not an obituary out there? Because it's so traumatizing. So why do people do it? I have no idea. I could list off a bunch of different reasons. Did these people that ghosted you, did they have a wife and children? And did they have a secret life? And and did their, their spouse find out about the dating app? And is that why everything went downhill? I don't know. It could be something as simple as they didn't feel like there was a connection and they weren't 
they weren't adult enough to have the conversation with you. I have no idea why this happened. And, and at the end of the day, none of us are going to know. So it's really important when you find yourself ruminating about something. This isn't just for ghosting. This is for anything. When you're ruminating about something, stop and think, what are the facts here? What do we know to be true? Well, we know that this person, for whatever the reason, felt the need to pull a disappearing act. This person left you questioning your worthiness. You're asking, did I do something wrong? If you really think about it, what could be so bad that you need to pull a disappearing act? I mean, with the exception of, obviously, abuse, um, that would be a situation where no contact is in order, but... For someone you match with on a dating app, what could you have done, honestly, that is that bad, that warrants that? So we could only speculate what the true reason is, but what we know here is they did it. It is hurtful. That's a fact. And it's an indirect form of communication. And you don't deserve to be communicated with in such a way. And in 2020, it's so simple to ghost someone. And when you're faced with the decision... Would I rather have a hard conversation with someone or would I rather just block their number? I would say a lot of people are going to choose to block the number. And I know that's terrible to say out loud. I'd like to say that everyone would be willing to to have good integrity and to have the conversation, but I don't think many people would. And maybe I'm jaded or maybe maybe I just know that especially growing up being a millennial, our phones are so convenient and they're such a barrier. They're convenient because, oh my gosh, we're in a global pandemic and I want to order food to my house. I could have Uber Eats bring it to my home using an app. And, oh my gosh, I can't leave my house and I can't meet any new people to date. Whoa, I can order a date like an Uber Eats. I can order a date just like the way I order dinner. And it truly removes the personal connection out of anything. Because you're just doing it on your device. And then when you couple that with the way just overall dating apps are, phones could very easily become a distractor. So I know my own personal experience on dating apps, it could become a way of just being a pen pal with someone where someone messages you and and you keep them busy when they're bored, but then when they're not bored, they ghost you. And then they creep back around again when they're bored. So... I have no idea why this person ghosted you, but I know that they, they, for whatever reason, felt uncomfortable having a direct conversation with you. So what can we learn from this moving forward? Know that how other people choose to behave or think has nothing to do with you. You didn't do anything wrong. This person has something wrong in the sense where they don't want to have the conversation with you. And that's okay. So now, what do you do to move forward? And that's a question that only you can answer. What do you need to feel to feel better? What do you need to feel safe? Maybe you're really angry about it and you need to release your anger. How are you going to do that? Are you going to go for a run? Are you going to write this person a letter and rip it up and express your anger that way? Maybe you need to reach out to this person and say, hey, ghost, whatever this person's name is. I had a really nice time on our first date. I know we both said we had a nice time. No harm. 
it, it really bothered me that you, you couldn't tell me that there, that there wasn't a connection there. I wish you the best. Thanks. You might want to say that just to, just to get your voice heard. What I don't want you to do is to walk away from this feeling like you're unworthy. And I think that that's where a lot of people find themselves after being ghosted. They feel unworthy. They feel unheard. So ask yourself, what do you need to get your power back? Maybe it's blocking this person's number. Maybe it's blocking them right back and erasing them from your memory. Whatever you choose to do, choose to do it powerfully. But please do not stalk them on social media. Please do not swipe until your finger falls off to find them again. Being ghosted has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the other person. And let this be a lesson. Let this be a lesson that when you're not feeling a connection with someone or when you don't want to do something with someone, when a new person starts at your office and they want to hang out with you and you're not interested, even just as a friend, let this be a lesson that it's much easier to have the conversation or to simply say thanks but no thanks than to go someone because now you know how hurtful it is. So I hope you found that useful. I'm so sorry you were ghosted. Please let us know what you decide to do and how you decide to take your power back because you don't deserve that crap. None of us do. Moving right along. Next question. We have my fiance won't stop liking Instagram models, parentheses, specifically booty pics. Am I insecure? Why does this bother me? This is such a relatable question, and I think that this plays in perfectly to a conversation around standards and boundaries. And I think standards and boundaries come up a little bit with ghosting as well. Because, um, not to go too far back into ghosting, but let's pause for a second and talk about standards and boundaries. Standards say, yes, this is how I choose to treat myself. These are qualities that you will accept or that you seek out in a relationship or partnership. Whereas boundaries are saying, this is how far I'm willing to go for someone else. And this is what I will accept or tolerate. Boundaries help you keep your self-esteem intact and help you honor and respect yourself. Standards help you show or express self-love. So think of standards as... I will only date someone who has a job, is kind, respectful, honest, of good integrity, has strong faith, etc. It's, it's a laundry list of, of what, not just what you're looking for in a relationship, but what is appropriate. So if you were to, say, encounter, and this is no shade at like a homeless crack addict this is just an extreme example if you were to, if you were to encounter a homeless crack addict that asked you out on a date you could say well you know what per my standards I don't date people with drug addictions or who don't have a home so that would be an extreme example of a standard a boundary would be how far are you willing to go so this ties into this ties into ghosting because your standard would be you only date someone or you only surround yourself with people who respect you. And a boundary would be if the ghost decides to resurrect from the dead, you're not going to engage with them. So this ties into our fiance liking the booty pics because a standard may be I want a partner 
who respects me and values me. And a boundary may be when you like other booty Instagram pics, it leaves me feeling insecure. It offends me. It hurts my feelings. And it's not something that I'm willing to tolerate. That being said, to answer your question, am I insecure? Only you can answer that. I don't know if you're insecure, but what I do know to be true is as humans, all of us are visual. Social media gives us an endless feed to swipe through and it takes one second to tap a like button. It's easy to do and it is addicting. It produces dopamine when you get a like on Instagram. It does. I paused for a dramatic effect there, but in the same way that doing cocaine or gambling does. That being said, we're visual. It's easy to tap like. Now, why does the like offend you? And I know I didn't ask you this, but I could speculate that the like offends you because you're about to marry this person. Your fiance is someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And this person is seeing pictures of other girls' butts and it's taking one second to tap the photo. Innocent? Maybe. Innocent? Probably. I don't know. Only you can answer like what's the deeper thing going on there. And maybe your fiance doesn't even know. But another truth, we're going to focus on the truths here, is it's unrealistic to think that your partner is never going to find another person attractive. That is unrealistic. Yes, your, par- your partner obviously finds you attractive, but yes, they also find other people attractive too, as you find other people attractive too. It's not realistic to think that appreciating someone else's beauty is possible. You're going to appreciate another good-looking person. That's how it goes. We're, we're visual beings. Now, that being said, there's a difference between walking down the street and noticing someone that's good looking and actually walking up to the person and saying, hey, I think you're really good looking. So what I'm speculating at here is that when you see your fiance liking the picture, that means for one second, your fiance took a moment to publicly show, hey, I like this. And it's innocent in the sense of it takes one second to to tap it and it could be I just like the way this looks but it's actually pausing for a moment and acknowledging another another person and acknowledging their beauty and it also could open up communication now these are Instagram models it sounds like I'm not saying that this model with thousands upon thousands of likes is going to scroll to your fiance and message him but it does foster an open line of communication, it is saying, tap, 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 hey, I think you're really good looking, or hey, I like your booty, whatever that is. So all of this being said, you get to decide what is acceptable to you and what is not. Some women listening to this would be like, who cares, this is so deep, I don't care, whatever, he likes the booty pic, whatever. Now, if you're questioning, am I insecure? If this makes you feel bad, if you find yourself four in the morning, scrolling so deep on some girl's Instagram pictures four years back, making sure he didn't like the picture. Girl, it bothers you. And that's okay. It's okay if it bothers you. But now it's a good time to talk to him about it. 
bring it up to him, let it let him know how it makes you feel, and he's your fiance. So in most cases, if you say, hey, I noticed this, it makes me feel like that, or not it makes me feel, but when I see that, I view it as blah. Like when I see like other girls' booty pics, it, I feel insecure. It leaves me feeling insecure, and I don't know if that's your intention, but it leaves me feeling insecure. Moving forward, would you please not do that? It just simply hurts my feelings. And you know what? I would say if he's a, a, a decent man, if he's the person you're marrying, chances are he's probably going to say, whoa, sorry, didn't realize, I'll stop. Where it becomes an issue is if it's if it's an addiction thing, if it's something where he's addicted to the likes and, and they're liking his pics. It, it, it could be very complicated if he's not able to stop. So... Um, and if it bothers you, and that goes back to standards versus boundaries, your boundary may be, hey, buddy, this hurts my feelings. Please stop doing it. And then the standard may be you only want to marry someone who respects and values you. So if he's unable to hear you out and to alter his behavior to consider your feelings, that would not be up to standard because your standard would be you want to marry someone that's considerate. I hope all of this makes sense. You get to define what offends you, what doesn't offend you. You get to define what, you're, what you'll tolerate and what you won't tolerate. And it's up to you to keep your self-esteem intact. Period. You can't control what another person does. But you can have standards and boundaries in place to fill yourself up rather than break yourself down. And ultimately, not talking about it is just going to bother you even more. Let us know what you decide to do and how you decide to move forward with this. Next up. Next up is a a two-part question. So we have, how do you not get overwhelmed in the wellness movement? And how did you find your niche in the health and wellness space? And this is such a good question because... Yes, right now, and and what I'm speculating you mean by the niche in the health and wellness space is how did I find my flow? How did I find my true wellness or my self-care practice? Or how do I embody what I teach when there's so much content out there? And I feel like I could answer this because there was a time where I was way too much about it. I was the opposite extreme. I was way too wrapped up in the wellness movement or I was the opposite, way too disconnected from the wellness movement. And I think for any of us, it could be really overwhelming. You scroll on Instagram and you're bombarded with all of this wellness information and there's always going to be a latest guru, a latest new thing to do, breathing exercises, yoga. Oh, wait, but did you try this oil? Oh, surprise, there's this new thing. There's always things happening and and always quote experts in the space speaking on it and I think something really important to remember and something that I know I definitely lost sight of when I was way too obsessed with wellness and lost sight of myself was there's no right or wrong way to do it you are the expert at your life all of the answers that you need are within you and it's not a one-size-fits-all approach what works for me may not work for you. Chances are it's probably not going to work for you. You need to find your own way. And it could be a combination of things. And I think one of the most toxic beliefs out there, and it really sets a lot of people up for failure, is that wellness needs to look a certain way. 
Wellness needs to look like waking up at 5 a.m. and drinking your coffee and meditating and and saging yourself before starting your day and running five miles and, and doing all of the things. And, and that's just not livable for most Americans. Most humans, doesn't matter if you're American or not. So how I would answer that is make peace with the fact that your version of wellness is going to look very different than my version of wellness. And once you make peace with that, step two, experiment. Trial and error. Have fun with it. Try different things. What's going to get you energized in the morning? What's going to make you feel good? What are things that de-energize you? What makes you feel bad? How can you do more of the things that make you feel good? And approach it one thing at a time. I think that it's really easy to get caught up in in scrolling and of, of thinking, wow, I'm not doing any of this. And it could be really overwhelming. Take it one thing at a time. And don't be afraid to try something and to say, whoa, that's not for me. I remember I used to be like a 5 a.m. workout kind of girl. And I forced that for quite some time, for probably the better part of almost two years. And you know what? I am not a 5 a.m. workout girl. It left me feeling exhausted. It left me feeling run down. By 2 p.m., I was just dead to the world. <laughs> so, But I was so focused on on keeping that because in my mind, I thought wellness was waking up at 5 a.m., meditating before 7, writing my gratitude list and having all these things in place, drinking the green juice. You know what? For some, that might be it. But you know what? There's There should be flexibility in that as well because I think that wellness could often walk a thin line between a disciplined practice and way too rigid. And if you're a person who fares towards the perfectionistic side or fares to always want to do your best, it could become an obsession. So not only should you try different modalities and make peace with the fact that it's going to look different, it's not a one-size-fits-all, I would also say that build in flexibility. Build in flexibility and also be kind to yourself. Know that when you're implementing wellness practices, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to want to start a practice where you walk every morning for 20 minutes before you go to work. And you know what? You're going to sleep in and you're going to be mad at yourself. But it's not about messing up. It's about how you rebound from that mess up. So to make it less overwhelming, one thing at a time, and really ask yourself the questions what do you enjoy and what do you need to feel energized? And catch yourself when you're beating yourself up or when you're comparing yourself to others. And ask yourself, why am I really doing this? Sometimes when you ask yourself that, you might realize, oh, I'm only doing this because I read it in some self-help book and I thought it was a good idea. You are your best guru And I hope you find these questions useful. Please let me know how you fare out and what new practices you implement as you move forward with your own wellness journey. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This was Ask Amber Anything Hot Seat Coaching Edition. If you have any questions that you would like answered on future episodes, email me at amberconleycoaching at gmail.com, two N's, two L's, and Y. 
or DM me on Instagram at Amber underscore Connelly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y underscore. And until next time, sending you love and light. See you in the next episode. Hey friend, before you leave, please head on over to iTunes podcast and search for Heal Your Burnout. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star review and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connelly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light. And I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.